You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Brandon, I got some bad news I need to tell you. What is it, Nolan? Well, you know, there's been this epidemic sweeping the nation for for a bit now. Uh, and, you know, Joe Biden sent out all those tests to people's homes. And I got one and I took one. And I'm positive. I've got Serrano mania, baby! <laughs> so... <laughs> so, Nolan, what... It's our producer, who also is suffering from Serrano mania. <laughs> oh no, it's contagious. So Nolan, um, the only thing I know about Serrano is from a single like you you did on Twitter of I think it's Peter Dinklage or something. That's all I know about Solano or Serrano. So Serrano. So what? Give me, give me the rundown here. So okay, so Serrano de Bergerac is a very famous play. It's a play about a, uh, so, this really cool dude who's like a great fighter, a uh, really romantic poet, uh, all that stuff. On paper, the perfect dude. The problem is, he's got a big schnoz. A big nose. Yeah, like, all real honker. Wait a second. This is the, this is now the thing? Because I remember so, months ago you brought up that Peter Dinklage was doing an adaptation thing. Yeah, so the idea is that in this new musical adaptation from Oscar-nominated director Joe Wright. Joe uh, Wright, that sounds familiar. Did he, uh, did Atonement, he Pride and Prejudice. Uh, oh, that new one? Like the, the Keira Knightley one. The, the new, the 2019-18 one? No, that's Little Women you're thinking of, but... Oh. Pride, we watched Pride and Prejudice in school. It's what, uh, it's what Tom from Succession was in. But, as <laughs> but yes. We didn't know it yet, but yeah. yeah. We okay. didn't realize that guy would be our favorite freak on television yet. Yes. But, so, Serrano, so you said the original thing of Serrano is... He, so he's, he's got... Perfect he, guy, big nose. Yeah, and he's in love with... He's been in love with this woman for years, but he is... Does not have the uh, he does not have the self confidence to try and woo her, but there's this hot guy that she has a crush on, and so Serrano and the hot guy team up with the hot guy taking Serrano's love letters and pretending they're from him, also known as the plot of the hit Netflix film Sierra Burgess is a loser. <laughs> Which is an adaptation of Serrano de Bergerac. <laughs> okay. But, so, so this like, musical... What is, what is the... Is it, is, so his name is Serrano, the main, the main yeah, guy? Yeah, his name is Serrano so de Bergerac. So what is his hope out of that? Like <laughs> He's just the most friend-zoned man in all of history. Like, what is, what, what's his end game there? It's unclear. It's unclear. <laughs> but... So it's more. It's so bad. I love it so much. Okay, so what? So okay, I need to so tell. Off, you. So this adaptation. So it's Peter Dinklage, famous director. Is it? Where'd you see it? In the movie the theater? So was it a theater? My thing? school did an early screening of it. I got a giant ass poster for free for this movie. I got to see for free. Oh my goodness! 
So wait, so it's not publicly out yet? It is now publicly out, but we saw it on Wednesday. It officially opened Friday night. Oh dang! Were you and there's no there's no there wasn't any embargo stuff. Right? No, I, I I I'm also not really beholden to embargoes as as someone who didn't sign an NDA and is not a critic. There uh, you go. But, you can do it. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> let the world this know. Fucking before, movie. Before you might be <laughs> asking, is Peter Dinklage a good singer if he's doing a musical? No. He's by far the weakest singer in the cast, but also by far the best acting in the cast. So it's a weird mix. <laughs> Every single time he starts singing, it just like, oh, buddy. But oh, this is a vanity project through and through. Oh, no. Okay, so I have like, to tell you about the craziest fucking scene from the movie. So, one second first. So the, the quality... So he's he's both the best and the worst part about that movie. Yes. Um, and all rolled into one guy. And uh also So when the love letters start rolling in. Yes. This there's a, a scene. Well so let me tell some Okay. So, where, should, where should I start with the crazy okay, stuff about So this first movie? I was to say that so this adaptation, it's that he's a little person. It's not that he's been ghost. Yeah, right? that's the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. And so, so, like the his dramatic climax for like his character is like referring to himself with the M word. Okay. Uh, but let me let me go through some of the it's wildest a- aspects of Serrano. Everyone see this movie. It is going to bomb horribly and then become a staple of queer culture. Not because it's queer, but because we have bad taste as a as a people. But <laughs> so, as a people, let my people go to see Serrano in theaters. <laughs> okay, you're just marching around with a big old staff like you're fucking Moses. So all the all the Starbucks, all the businesses nearby. Let my people go to go see some. Some Serrano. Alright, so the movie, like, opens with a very long opening number, and you're like, okay, I think I've kind of... It's also, like, one of the two actually listenable songs in the in the film. So, like, you're like, I think I've got a handle on this. I like the vibe. It's just... It's gonna be fun and breezy and love-filled. And then Serrano kills a man. And it's like a serious, very serious, dark feeling scene. Wait, wait. During the song or like immediately so, so after? After the second song. So, so there's oh, a song gotta, about, you know, you like, there's first. a big I want song, like, you know, where the, where the female lead is singing like how she, much she wants someone to love her and someone who will, who will tell her that they can't live without her. Okay. And... Then this is all her. She's going out to the theater uh, with the villain Ben Mendelsohn, who is, she, who is, is her like, sugar daddy. But, okay, is this like medieval times? Like eighteen hundreds? Victorian times. Early eighteen, so not Victorian. Oh, so pre pre Victorian, but roughly in that sense. Well, actually, that's when the play came out. I think the movie is actually like sixteen hundreds, but so Renaissancey. Back end Renaissance is overtime, but yeah. Okay. 
in France. Uh, so, okay. Okay. But yeah, Age, to, of, to age of Enlightenment. We'll I'm say. trying to get the time period because it'd be really funny if it was like modern day and he was writing letters and because okay. that's so, just creepy behavior nowadays. But, but okay, yes. So, so he kills a man. So yeah, there. Serrano shows up at the theater. He's a badass. He's like, he bullies an actor into leaving the stage for being bad, and then like. <laughs> But then a haughty noble is like, you're a freak, you're small, and he sings a rap battle song in which he insults himself, and then, while dueling the guy, and then it's like, the duel's over, this lord is embarrassed, when Serrano's back is turned, the guy goes for a kill, and Serrano turns around, runs his blade all the way through him, and it's like a slow thing where, like, it first goes through and then his body's just slowly with gravity sinking down on the blade. And, like, Peter Dinklage puts a hand to his face and it's like, shh, shh, it's almost over. It's almost over. But unfortunately, <laughs> the movie's just begun. <laughs> Very fortunately, the movie Very just fortunate. begun. Okay. I've so never... Is... So this whole movie was a two-hour experience of an audience... Of feeling an audience uncomfortably try and get a grip and fail on the tone of what it was. <laughs> yeah, because you okay. saw this with other people. Yeah, like a, a, an big, audience of an people. An audience yeah. in the theater. And, okay, so... That's the first ridiculous thing that happens. Serrano kills a man. Yeah, I'm gonna do three ridiculous things from it because this is not an episode about Serrano. We gotta move on. We're, we're talking but, about uh, terror of Mechagodzilla here in just yeah. a minute, but we gotta finish talking about Serrano because little do you know that's foreshadowing for an episode down the line. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Okay, so the second ridiculous thing is when the love letters start rolling in. Yeah. There is a scene in this, what is a very chaste love story, in yeah. which the female lead gang these love letters masturbates on her bed to them while singing a song about how much she loves the love letters. <laughs> it's a song? Yes! I uh, flick... Flick, flick that bean. Flick, flick. I mean, they're trying to keep it classy so that so they don't like that. You don't get a full shot of it, but like, so it starts with like she's running the let, like we're keeping it above the waist, and she's running the letter down her neck and down her bodice, like yeah. all sensual, like. And then the climax is she's humping a fucking pillow while reading the <laughs> while a superimposed. Peter Dinklage head is just also singing next to her. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> it's a duet. It's a trio. All three musical parts. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. A tri- so it's three people singing? It's Peter Dinklage. It's her, the the masturbating lady, and it's the it's hot, the hot guy. guy. Yeah, so it's a threesome. <laughs> it's the threesome song, and oh then God. okay, the final ridiculous thing. I like to think there's that. a lot more ridiculous shit that happens, but I don't want to spoil all of it. You have to yeah, experience, you experience some for of yourself. This, so that happens, and then the what is the last the moment villain you to talk about the villain played by. Ben Mendelsohn, my one of my favorite actors, 
best villain guy in the game. But... So... The villain has... His villain song is a... He's walking across town singing a song about how much he's going to enjoy raping the female lead. As his villain song? Yes. And he marches right in. He sees... He marches into her room, sees that she's, like, getting married to the hot guy, and instantly just kind of, like, in almost like a a, a Looney Tunes-esque, uh, <laughs> kind of like, uh, oh, I just walked in on my roommate and he's naked... Just shuts the door and like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I gotta kill her now. Oh god. This is the film known as Serrano. It's ten out of ten. No notes. No notes. <laughs> Perfection. I got a feeling that's gonna be in about a month. I'll see all the video essays about it. It'll be like. Okay, this is the crazy thing that makes me feel like. Mainstream media is gaslighting me. Yeah. All of the reviews are glowing. Would they all really like it? Yes, and I also really love it, but for very different reasons. <laughs> and I I can't compute what is going on. What if I watch it and I'm like, Nolan, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> watch Serrano. Everyone, one way or another, you're going to love Serrano it's just a matter of if it's ironic or unironic. <laughs> but either way, it sounds like an entertaining time. It's so entertaining. Some of the worst editing I've ever seen to a funny extent. <laughs> just zip right on the blade. Yep. Oh my god. Alright, so, right. so yep, but so this is not This isn't Serrano. <laughs> this isn't Serranozilla. King of the Debergerac. King of the Debergerac. This is Podzell King of the Casters. And I'm your host, N.B. Nightingale. We haven't done this part yet. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Brandon. Uh, Producer Jasper's chasing food across the room. That's normal. He's a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yep, so folks, we're here today to talk about, if you've seen the title, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla from 1975. So, this is pretty, like, like technically... Uh, Return of Godzilla is the last of the Showa era. Well, but this feels time, like... timeline wise, Return is released during the actual Japanese Showa era. Yes. However, as a continuity, this is the final of the first continuity known as the Showa era Godzilla films. There is a differentiation that has caused some confusion between us before, but so the delineation, the film series are named after whichever era they mostly took place in. So, yeah. the Showa era, to all of those films were released in the Showa era. The Heizai era, even though the first film was technically released in Showa era Japan, mm. is a Heizai era film of... Yeah, it's more like, when is this it's continuity? Like, it, period. It's that weird line of like... This might be a bit too frou-frou of a delineation, but uh, the weird line between, like, Elizabethan drama and Jacobean drama, where Queen Elizabeth dies and King James comes in and there's a there's this weird delineation of 
this is still in the style of Elizabethan, but Jake, but James is in charge. Is it a Jacobean? But that, folks, you're here for a podcast about big lizards punching each other. You don't care about this, so so let's talk about Terror Mechagodzilla because there are monsters in this film. There are, and they do things. They do things, but I first want to say about. Our overall, oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about overall. We spent so much this. Serrano time. <laughs> no time is wasted when talking about Serrano. But uh, so, our overall thoughts about Terror Mechagodzilla. I guess I can start. This is easily one of the best of the show, huh? Yeah. Like, I think the action is on. The action is good. The action's very good. The fighting's all that stuff's fun. You know the stuff you're here for. Great stuff. But I think this is one of the few ones where I actually was interested in the human stuff. Uh, you were just interested in two parts of the human stuff. More than usual, though. <laughs> Usually it's more like, okay, the humans are there, but they have like no impact on anything that the yeah. monsters do. This one has a lot of that. This one has like a good amount of it. So okay. I think it's... I, I uh, Caesar's really cool. It's hard, hard to say if I like the first Mechagodzilla or this one better. Oh, it's very easy for me to say which one I like better. But, because uh, in terms of the action, the first one's very cool, too. But I, I think I had, a fun, I had a really fun time with this one. I think okay. it it uh, definitely, like, it, it does it to, like, the last second. It's, like, boom, 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 boom. Uh, I like the new ti- I like the new kaiju introduced, Titanosaurus. It's a good time. Okay. So what are your thoughts? I so I didn't dislike it. Mm. My praise is not as effusive as yours. I thought there was not enough monster action in this film. It's severely lacking in that department. Like the like we get half fights throughout, but we only get like a real fight at the end. Yeah, the middle fight is kind of, like, cut in half. Yeah, the middle fight's cut in half, and then, like, that takes 48 minutes to get to, and before that we get, like, Titanosaurus destroys a uh, sub, and then, like, all human intrigue, but I don't watch this for human intrigue. <laughs> I only watch Serrano to see the goings <laughs> and comings of the human spirit. <laughs> Along with all the all the fun songs and tunes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think... I guess for me it was more like... I, I think I said that, yeah, the, the monster fights were good. I wanted more of them. But the human stuff was better than what I was used to. Like, if this was, like, a fucking uh, Varan level of human stuff... Okay. It would have been... I would have fucking hated it. That's very fair. Like... But the fact that there was like like wacky yeah. sci-fi B movie things like the woman like the cyborg woman that we'll get oh, into. Yeah. Cyborg I was like, one. yeah, cyborgs. Woo. Like all the weird stuff. It was fun. This film is weirdly horny compared to other Godzilla movies. Mostly around Cyborg Woman in multiple ways that we'll talk about when we get to the story section. But Yeah. 
don't know. I don't, I've already wa- wasted my transition for what that monster <laughs> do onto a failed transition, so... So, I'm going to talk about what that monster does. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's so, talk about it. Titan, the newest... So, fine enough, going into this, we didn't know there was going to be a new kaiju. Um, Because we didn't... You know, we just... Knew, oh, Terry Mechagodzilla. Okay, we'll do that one. But, like, the first monster you see in this movie is a new kaiju. Like, it's like the fin, like, unfurling and, like, sw- swashing about in the water. And it's Titanosaurus, who's, like, an aquatic... An aquatic kaiju, but can still walk on land. It's like kind of, you know, bipedal like a Godzilla, but all red with like fish fins on their head as like a mohawk and uh, on their tail that's retractable. It's pretty cool in the movie. And he's got red, he's all red around, red and dark brown with like an eel kind of head. And he's a pretty fun kaiju. He's got a fun roar. He's like bump, he's jumping around. He can like jump in the air really high. He uses his fin to like use wind attacks. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, it, I was reading. He's some got f- good fin game. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got. Um, it was interesting to read about because, in some ways, Titanosaurus is a bit more of a return to form of yeah. for new kaiju's. Yeah, where it was more of a classic like okay, this is like a dinosaur, like because there has been you know, Mothra was great and other monster kaiju's great, but it was starting to get like away from that. Yeah. Like, there were, which is good. Variety is good. But I think, yeah, Titanosaurus is more of a return to form. But I guess, unfortunately, like, this is the only time that Titanosaurus has showed up in any movie. Yeah. It's the only one. Didn't even show up in Final Wars. Jeez. Like, this was it. This was the last one. So, I. I, I think it was a little robbed, considering fucking Varon gets shoutouts. I think Varon's a fun kaiju, but it was definitely, I think, one of the worst movies we've seen. Yeah. Like, it didn't make me care about Varon very much. So that was a little sad, but, um... Uh, Titanosaurus was a pretty cool kaiju. And they can hold their own against Godzilla until Godzilla, you know, uses the breath. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a pretty, pretty yeah. clean-up shop. All right, so yeah, that that's about it for Titanosaurus. It's cool. It's cool kaiju, but it's not that much about it. Were there any new things about uh, Godzilla? Don't think so. Like, I think there it, was. It was an unblinking design, which was a weird. That was a downgrade from from previous suits of the era, because suits had worked to being able like the eyes could move around and blink and stuff, and that did not seem to be the case in this suit. This was five years, or this was a few years after Mechagodzilla. Yeah. But it looks like it's about the same suit. Okay. Now, Bran, you said you knew some... Just to fill some time before we go into story stuff, uh, since that was a really short one. uh, You said you knew some production stuff that is why this was the end of the era. Yes. So, so what what happened that made them... Not make another Godzilla film for nine years after so steadily pumping them out for so long. Yeah, so what happened was, apparently in the 1970s, uh, Japan had a big oil shock, like an energy crisis. Okay. And I guess that was in part, because this is the 15th Godzilla film, mm-hmm. but like they had this big energy crisis where kind of things were like, and I guess it severely affected film and TV production. Okay. Because of, like, all the lack of energy and resource for stuff. Yeah. And then apparently they tried to, like, make proposals 
but Toho re- rejected them and like failed films, like things didn't work out, things fell through for like a decade, but then it was eventually in 1984 Return of Godzilla. Okay. So until it wasn't like, oh, this film did so terribly that like Godzilla was like they just kind of put him under for a while. Yeah. It was more just like an energy crisis, and it was more like. Japan's economy just crashed that hard, but like... They were like, you know, eh, and then they come up with ideas, and they were like, eh, no, not the right thing. (laughs) And then eventually decided to reboot it in the Heisei era, which is probably the right move, overall. Yeah. Like, the Heisei, I mean, I think overall we're, you know, Heiseis are very good. Yes, they are. So it's, I think it was a good choice. But yeah, so Titanosaurus was also the last monster introduced in these movies, of course, because the last one... In the yeah. Toho era. Okay. So. But what's interesting is um, hmm. the reason the the effects director made Titanosaurus like, so bright and colorful yeah. is they had just read a news article because what just come out is that uh, dinosaurs were more colorful than they thought. Oh, yeah. I remember. Well, I don't remember when that happened. It was before I was born. But, but like, yeah. I... Like that was a big thing when they went from like green and gray to like, oh, maybe they can be like reds and stuff. Yeah. And he used that to be like, I'm going to make this guy red. <laughs> okay. But this was also the last Godzilla film directed by Honda. How'd the car direct a Godzilla <laughs> film? Was... I am, of course, co- that is a joke. I will not downplay the accomplishments of Ishihara Honda, who... I ate a lot of stuff. <laughs> the original Godzilla and Mothra, and he was a very close friend of Akira Kurosawa. Dang. I mean, Ka- Kurosawa, to the extent that Kurosawa, you know, was on, visited the set of Godzilla while it was being filmed concurrently with his masterpiece Seven Samurai, and Nakajima, our favorite <laughs> suit actor. Cameos in Seven Samurai. <laughs> That's just what I know about film. Yeah, so it's good stuff that uh yeah. this is this is the you know, more or less the end of the Showa era. And we got a few more Showa ones coming in. Um and then, you know, we're ending off on the Yeah, we're ending off on a good note for those. <laughs> because you know. Destroy All Monsters, episode fifty, happening in a few episodes from now. Yeah, we're getting close. I mean, not a few episodes from now, but like in the near future. We're, we're, we're revving up for episode 50, folks. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of fun surprises over the next... Uh, until episode 50, the time between now and episode 50. Just We've got some fun surprises. We've got some cool... Uh, we've got at least one cool guest planned. Yeah. Uh, and we've got... We've got some other ideas that I've been brewing. I don't know if... We won't talk about this on mic, but we had some uh, ideas. Jasper-centric episode. <laughs> Jasper's the only person on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear whining and the occasional bark for an hour and a half. <laughs> Dog ASMR. <laughs> ja- Here's Jasper drinking water. Slurp, 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 slurp. We hear that anyways, folks, sometimes. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, so that's about that. Uh, Do we want to go to our commercial? This break? was the first film to be rated TV fourteen on the Disney Channel. On the this played on Disney Channel. Yes. Did did they did they show they did they, they didn't no they, they did. cut it they okay. cut it in every we'll get to that moment folks but they cut it and they cut that moment in every other version. <laughs> Cowards! Well, you don't want to see those on the Disney Channel. <laughs> Fucking cowards! <laughs> I would hope that she'd use the nipples to trace out the. <laughs> what we've been alluding to, folks, is there. There's a set of. Uh, so, they show those boobies. <laughs> they do show the boobies. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we're gonna go on a short commercial break, and then we're gonna talk about the plot of this movie. The yeah. plot of this movie. All right. So catch you then. Plot of this movie is fairly simple. It's like three plot lines, I think three, that like converge on each other. Yeah. Where uh, it starts out with the submarine, and Titanosaurus comes in, and it's pretty cool. It's underwater, great effects. And Titanosaurus just destroys the submarine, blows it up, and then uh, an ocean, you know, an ocean scientist guy is like, "Oh my goodness, what was that?" And they got a recording that says, "Oh, it's a dinosaur!" Ah, before they get blown up, the mm-hmm. sub. So the guys go, oh, we gotta get Titanosaurus, like, we gotta figure out what's up here. So they're gonna investigate that and send out another sub. And in the meantime, they're talking about uh, a disgraced scientist who apparently tried controlling, like, using power, like, electronic waves to control animals. But he was disgraced, featuring an image. You know who else was a, sci- was a disgraced scientist? Who thought that with sonic waves they could control animals? It's Dr. Robotnik. No. I was thinking of Kyle Chandler's character in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh my god, I think you're right. (laughs) I guess that's a... Titanosaurus is out there, and he's hurting people, and we don't know why. We don't know why. Damn it. So, um... Yeah, so they go like, oh, we gotta find this disgraced scientist. And they go to his man, his little house. And, the, and his daughter's like, he's dead. And they go, okay, bye. But it turns out, he's not dead. And he's serving those 11 herbs and spices in his secret he, lab. He looks a lot like Colonel Sanders. He's got the white, he's got the white suit. He's got the white hair and the mustache combo. He's a, he looks very much like a Colonel Sanders. Yeah. So he's talking about, I have the power now to control Titanosaurus with my electric power. Like, my electric field stuff. With my machines. But he's working with the aliens. Are those the zillions? Have we finally met the zillions? I near them referred to by name, but like... The zillions are such a big thing. And we are almost done with all of the Showa films. And I have not yet met the zillions, I think. 
Let me try to find them. Are they only in like the second the 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 Ghidorah movie we haven't watched because we hated the first Ghidorah movie so much? I think the second. I'm I have high hopes for uh. Oh, what was it? Invasion of Astro Monster. Okay. I have high hopes for it because it's. I have high hopes for that one because I think that'll be in space and it'll be fun. I have high hopes for Invasion of Astro Monster. Okay. That's coming fairly soon, folks. But. But yeah, so. so okay, one, got sto- one story thing that's confusing is. So the first. So are these supposed to be the same group of aliens from the first Mechagodzilla movie? Cause, yes. Because they're rebuilding. Then why no monkey? Then I have like weird. Why no monkey? <laughs> I'm Brandon, disappointed too. Brandon, tell me, tell if they're supposed to be the same aliens. Why, no monkey? Well, Nolan, you see here, aliens have furries too. <laughs> Those were fur. Or wait, no, are they're these a, the furries? They're a furry. They're in their they're in their skin suits the entire time. They're skinnies. <laughs> They're they're an extremist furry offshoot of the aliens, <laughs> but they got um. So uh, also side note, for I mentioned this in the intro of the movie, it's just a like a recap of the first Mechagodzilla movie, but edited in a way where it seems like it was only a fight between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, King's- and no third party. King Caesar is nowhere to be found. No references to him. <laughs> and, I, and I made a I made a joke that uh. They were filming this, and due to King Caesar's comments on Twitter and other social media platforms, he had to be cut from the film. <laughs> yeah, King Caesar was doing a stand-up comedy routine, and he had some hecklers of color, and he just he said the word. He, he said he 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 said the word with the R at the end. Like like the the hard part was that like it had to be translated by like an interpreter because it was just. The whole time, and the interpreter seemed really uncomfortable. But the ethics of interpretation meant they had to say it. (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible situation to be in. (laughs) You you imagine interpreter saying like, "He said the word to you. What word? The word. (laughs) What word? (laughs) Oh my god! But do the one." The one about people in Paris? Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> so after the intro, on the recap of the movie. So you're following the scientist, mad scientist guy and his daughter. You're following Ocean, uh, Ocean Man, you know, take me by the hand. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're following the, uh, it's like a FBI police guy trying to get to the bottom of all this. Yeah. So you're following them. They're doing their things. Uh, Titanosaurus, or you realize uh, the mad scientist guy is working with the aliens because they saved his daughter from death. Which we'll get to in a second. And um, they're rebuilding Mechagodzilla because they want to have a rematch. So (laughs) that happens. So, you know, you're following things. The the daughter is like, oh, you know, you you shouldn't take the second sub. Uh, you know, things would be dangerous because she knows that Titanosaurus is going to try to kill the sub. So stuff's happening. And then we get a flashback <laughs> to his ta- to his daughter, uh, the fortunate accident. 
But she's supposed to be... The actress is obviously the same age, but was she supposed to be, like, younger and she's aged as a robot? Or did she just get a more mature sense of style in robothood? <laughs> the robothood immediately shifted her, her style sense to mid-30s. Instead of dressing like a stereotypical Japanese schoolgirl. Yeah, so <laughs> it's the flashback. It's got, like, a sepia tone to it, so it's like feels, like, flashbacky. And the scientist is like, daughter, can you, like, turn that knob over there? And she goes, okay. And she turns the knob, and immediate death. <laughs> like, like there's like a laser thing pointed at her. Yeah. And it, it almost looks intentional. <laughs> Alright. I'll make it, and you cut it if it's bad. <laughs> okay, cut that one immediately. Alright. <laughs> cut that one. Not a good joke. Bo- boost volume? <laughs> <laughs> Repeat multiple times. It was ironic, times. but I don't think the irony makes it a good joke. <laughs> so, um, try to remember. So they're doing the stuff. They're figuring out, like, ooh, you know, we gotta set up this stuff. What if you just bleeped that joke out? You kept it in, but you just bleeped the <laughs> entire time. And then everyone's just gotta wonder what the joke was. <laughs> it... Due to Nolan's unfortunate comments, I will no longer be participating in the Podzilla podcast. Oh, I thought you'd kick me out and replace me with someone. <laughs> no, I decided to just leave it. I'm like, this is tainted. I no longer want to associate. So, um, term. I still record in here every Sunday. <laughs> in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta get out of here for a few hours. <laughs> I got my friend coming over and we're gonna record. <laughs> Sorry, Jasper's the producer. We need it. <laughs> Jasper's like, the, the show will go on. Oh my god. And you're like, Jasper, but what about what Nolan said? Shut up, Snowflake. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's, the, it's the woke mob coming after us. Jasper's on uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Dude, I know, right? Look, well, you pull that that picture of the chip getting in. <laughs> Checked it out. Dude, isn't it crazy? Slurp, 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 slurp. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. You don't put DMT in that? <laughs> You ever had elk meat? <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, so we're gonna off track a bit, but the plot is that, you know, they're following each other, uh, there's, like, one shot where I thought a new character was being introduced, and they immediately get gunned down by the aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they're following the trail, uh, Titanosaur, this mad scientist goes rogue for a bit, and is like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, oh... My daughter, they turned her into a robot. I'm going to take revenge. But, like, not directly on the aliens, but just, like, not help them anymore. I'm going to show academia. Yeah, I'm going to show academia for this. So then what happens is, uh, they're doing that, and then they go, aliens go, ha, oh, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we got to help your daughter again, and you got to join us again. The scientist goes, okay, okay. And then the... F- Godzilla shows up like 45 minutes into this movie. Yeah, just like, yo, her shit's fucked. Yo. Let me, uh, let me step on in. Oh, yeah. So the second time the, uh, 
the his daughter is getting revived with robotics. She, she just has her titties out. Yeah. But they're fake titties. They're very clearly like... Ro- they're like plastic. Plastic. But like... Not as in like the actress had work done. As in like... Know, like they're like an artificial... It's part of a prop. It's yeah. a prop. It's a prop set of boobs. Yeah. And um... This is the first time there's been uh, t- titties in the in the, the Toa, in the Showa era. Is this of, the first film with nudity that we've watched for the podcast? Oh, the first film total? Yeah. Let me think. I think so. Okay, because it's definitely the only Godzilla film we've seen with it. and No, Attack on Titan. Z-King's butt. That the butt don't count. <laughs> you, what you need schlonger boobs? I need frontal in some form. <laughs> I don't. I think it kind of limits our options. I don't think there's that many big monster fight movies that have an R rating for nudity. <laughs> we'll find them. <laughs> we're not going up. We're not doing porno flicks, Nolan. <laughs> We're not doing Throbzilla. <laughs> you know, I've been pitching. I've been pitching Chuck Tingle short stories about Godzilla for a while. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so the final. Godzilla and King Gong specifically. God. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. Whoever wins, I win. Oh, God. <laughs> so the. So I guess to close up the. You know, we get to the final fight of the thing where. Mechagodzilla, the aliens are like, oh, we're going to pit, you know, let's, uh, you know, two birds, one stone. We're going to have Titanosaurus fight Godzilla to weaken him. And then once they're, you know, even if Godzilla wins, we're going to swoop in and finish him off. So it's a cool fight. Uh, It has one of the, they're fighting Titanosaurus and Godzilla, beating each other up. There's like arguments right now where like the... This uh, ocean scientist guy gets captured by the aliens and he's all holed up and he's tied down and the cop guy is like on the trail mm-hmm. and things are things are happening and then there's like a there's a I realize this is a lot <laughs> this movie yeah like it's got a lot of plot it does but then by the end of it um the FBI guys have a a sonar machine to stop the Thanosaurus's like brain control like control stuff and then. Mechagodzilla comes in and he's like, I'm gonna beat you up, Godzilla, and they have a cool fight and like there's this one insane effect shot. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, the the entire road being like funny. Mechagodzilla shoots out some of his finger torpedoes. They look different now, they look pretty cool, like they wrote like they spin before they shoot out. But um he blows up like an entire like road section and it like sh- the whole thing shakes. And moves, and it was like holy shit! Like you don't you didn't see that often in these on these Showa era, so it's crazy. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. And they're fighting, and Mechagodzilla is like just using like three attacks at once, like yeah. finger missiles, chest ray, yeah. you know, uh, laser beam out of his mouth, like all at once. Things are going nuts, and then like right at the last, like Godzilla gets fucking. Buried, literally. Yeah. And Titanosaurus is just dancing on his grave. Yeah. And then they, the FBI guy, the the mil, uh, police guys come in, and they distract Titanosaurus by like using sonar, the sonar attack. 
Uh, fucking the scientist gets sh- like while this is you know tensions building. The scientist gets shot. The daughter gets shot. Everybody gets shot. The ocean guy escapes from his escapes from his things. They're all fighting, fighting, fighting. And then Titanosaurus is restrained. And Godzilla rips off Mechagodzilla's head again. And there's like a brain underneath. Yeah, so he can keep fighting for a bit. He can keep going. So he keeps shooting his laser beams, which is like a little brain poking out of his head. And then the daughter uh, brings up to the ocean guy that she's like, Oh, you know, I have the... uh, Yeah. I'm controlling Mechagodzilla. I have the The power! But they have a... She's controlling Mechagodzilla with her brain stuff. So he's got to kill her in order to stop Mechagodzilla. And he doesn't want to do it, so she shoots herself in the belly, which is not the best place to... Well, yeah, I mean, it's painful, for, for her, it's the best place. Oh, because she's a robot. She's got yeah. gears. Yeah, she's got, like, a her 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 hardware is there. Her heart, yeah, her her uh, her computer parts. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool practical shot of it. It's, like, gears spinning and yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, she shoots herself to stop Mechagodzilla, and then Godzilla wins, and he goes, yeah, great. And then, um... The last shot of the Toa era Godzilla movies, and I think the show obviously they yeah. didn't know it was going to be the last shot of that continuity, but they did at least know that it was going to be the last Ishihoro Honda shot. And Honda makes it's a beautiful shot. It's a classic Godzilla shot. You know, every got almost every Godzilla movie ends with him retreating back to the sea after his business has been done, and it's that. But it's from a lot ta- higher of an angle than usual. This big sweeping mm-hmm. angle. And it fades to a sepia that turns the ocean gold. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Uh, it's a beautiful visual. It's a... it In a movie that I felt, eh, about... Uh, it made me feel something. As just a goodbye from by this director who... To to this franchise that he's shaped and loved, yeah, it it was a beautiful like closing shot. It's like yeah. this is that's it, like this is it. But I guess it did um, per, you know, didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. It had a uh, it had like the lowest attendance of a yeah. Godzilla movie. So like, yeah, it was like the last one for a while for a variety of things. Yeah, but it wasn't a. It wasn't a bad... I, I don't think it was the worst place to leave it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like... If you, if you ended with, like, a Varan or, like... Or I hear, um... Oh, what's the name of it? Okay. So, Destroy All Monsters is the one that's going to be 50. The fun one we're looking forward to. Yeah. But there's, like... I think it's All Monsters Attack. Is a really bad movie that's a recutting of all... Destro- of the Destroy All Monsters footage into a new narrative. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Where it's, like... Jeez, <laughs> you don't. You know who's back for Destroy All Monsters, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him back. Who? He is a little guy, and you hate it's him. It's Manila. Yeah, <laughs> Manila's back, baby. I still remember way back in the Manila episode. I wanted him to die in the in the winter. Yeah, I was like, leave him. <laughs> so I probably will still feel similarly, but you know. That's how things go. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that's about... It's the end of an era for... Sh- uh, 
for yeah. the show of things, but we still got to we, we still, still got to cover part ones. of the era. But yeah, we still, but like you know, we're this is the end, and we're circling back after. Yeah. So now it's time to play our favorite game. Mm. Do you want to make it gritty first, or should I? I. I think you should start. Okay, so here's my Make It Gritty. Make It Gritty, of course, the game where we pitch a new, modern version of what of the monsters discussed in the episode, if they have not already been in the episode. Yep, in the Legendary Monsterverse, specifically. Which, I hope that... That Apple TV series has me nervous. It has me very nervous. <laughs> like, it's a TV show? Oh, goodness. There's no way it's good. It will not have the budget for that. Like, like... Like... I mean, I guess... For All Mankind has a pretty good CGI budget. I recommend that. That's an Apple TV show, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think that's more because they are smart about using it so sparingly... You like you need to have lots yeah. of like effects and stuff in yeah. these movies. So it's like, oh goodness, is this gonna be? Is it gonna be like a race to the bottom? Like, is is that gonna be when that comes out? We're we're covering that when that comes out. Yeah, is that gonna be like worse than Singular Point? Oh jeez, I don't I don't think so. I don't think I'm probably gonna eat my eat crow at some point. I don't think we'll cover any show that's worse than Singular Point. Yeah, like I agree with you, Singular Point. Singer Point has some fun monster battles and stuff and some interesting ideas at the beginning but by the end it was just the biggest clusterfuck I've ever, I've ever yeah. seen and I was just so I've never been so disengaged in a show before <laughs> but yeah so anyways um, how would you put Titanosaurus into that monster verse? Titanosaurus? oh no you're doing robots I'm aren't you? I'm putting Serrano into the monster verse no! Okay, so... Angiris is just a little guy. You know, he's just... Like, he's not... He's got a oh. deep, compassionate heart, but he's not one of the more impressive kaiju. Oh, no. And so, for years, he has yearned for Mothra. <laughs> but Mothra only has eyes... For one kaiju. And that kaiju is the original Giga Chad, Giga Gan, Gigan. Oh my god. <laughs> but here's the thing, Gigan, Gigan's not a, a romantic. He He's not a poet. He's a bit of an idiot. So... Uh, this, also, this is gonna be spoilers for the plot of you know a play, a very famous play that's existed since the eighteen hundreds. But spoilers, it just came out. So I haven't seen it yet. So, Angiris, Angiris offers to write the lo love letters for Gigan so that his words and his love for Mothra can be expressed, even if. He will not get to take credit for them. Yeah. And hijinks ensue. Well, we'll skip over the hijinks. Uh, it's a pretty goddamn big letter. <laughs> then. 
It's like he's, he dips. Yeah, the right. He dips the whole fucking. No, it's like you see Gigan like strip a tree to just the like the log, <laughs> dip it in some tar, and start writing on it. He starts writing on the fucking like building and sends it over. Oh, he writes it on a on a plane and throws it. Oh jeez. But yeah, yeah. So then, unfortunately, the war comes and both got. Both Gigan and Angiris are inscripted into the final wars. <laughs> the final wars. And Yeah. Gigan and Angiris promises Mothra that he'll make Gigan write her every day. Okay. <laughs> and when Gigan finds out and finally puts her together, wait, Angiris! You've loved her this whole time! Gigan is so distraught, cause he'd rather He'd rather be loved for who he is than not in, uh, than under these false pretenses. Gigan runs out into the front lines of the final <laughs> wars and is shot down with lightning by Ghidorah. <laughs> what a way and to go. Ingeris must, and Ingeris is forced to keep the secret that got and pretend Gigan wrote all those letters because. He knows it would break Mothra's heart too much to learn of the to learn of the deception of her love. In the intro, does Angiris pierce uh, Titanosaurus on the Empire State Building? Does shh, shh, it's yeah. Stouffer. Yeah, de- <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I'm wondering, should I do the fifth and final act of Serrano as Kaiju? <laughs> Keep that for the listeners who want okay, to go watch listeners, Serrano. Listeners, watch Serrano. <laughs> or if you actually want a good play, read Serrano de Bergerac. It's a good play. It's a really good fucking play. The, the movie Serrano is not in a way that I specifically love. <laughs> yes. So um, so after that, uh, I have no words. <laughs> I. How are you going to pitch Titanosaurus? So, Titanosaurus... Also, fuck, I forgot to include... Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is the maid or something. <laughs> ah, no. We're supposed to include Milford Roberta Brown here, so... In every single one, Milford Roberta Brown, she needs to keep being in it. She, she's the star. <laughs> okay, oh, I got it. All right. So we see... Oh, fuck. I should have had it be Rodan. I could have called it Serrano Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, Millie Bobby Brown is studying at MIT. She's okay. researching into robotics. Okay. One day, she's sitting... Uh, they're researching into wireless communication. Into, can they send a signal to a robot and make it respond to do something? Without, like, a big wire attached to it or anything. Yeah. Because it's a lot of data, a lot of things going on, right? Yeah. So one day, she's she's messing with the dials to, like, like a Boston Dynamics-looking robot. Yeah. And she's, like, you know, she's turning some dials to, um, you know, she's, there's four dials, right? One for each limb. Yeah. She spins the left arm. The left arm raises. She spins the right arm. The right arm raises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Left leg bends, right leg bends, right? She's getting at, getting the movement going. And does she realize that this robot would be the perfect vessel for which to deliver love letters to her forlorn <laughs> love? We could go down that route. Or... 
So what happens instead is Millie Bobby Brown, you know, it's connected to like a, like a strong wireless, uh, you know, Bluetooth connection, right? So all of a sudden she's working with a coworker, a co a co-student and the student accidentally changes what the Bluetooth signal to something. She doesn't know what it is. And then she tries this, uh, you see this student. Yeah, other student. She tries spinning the right arm dial, right? Yeah. And Millie Bobby's arm raises. Oh, no. It turns out she, she's a robot. Oh, no. Millie Bobby Brown, more like Millie... Beep boop Beep Brown. boop Brown. <laughs> more like Millie beep boop. And uh, she goes on robot hijinks. Uh, and I guess there's a... Ang- and I guess the Titanosaurus comes in at some point. And her final purpose in the end of the movie is she she discovers her robot side, and she sits down and she she goes you know she navigates through her memory because she can use email through her memory, and she sends an email, and it sets up the Serrano verse. Oh, <laughs> can I interest oh, you oh, in the Serrano oh, edition? Oh, See, that was a joke we had in the theater. My friend Lex and I were like... Before we knew just what Serrano was going to be, we were joking about like... Yeah, theater's going... Fu-, like, to our group chat. Theater's going fucking wild right now. Serrano. People are... People are cheering right now. Just... Peter Dinklage is in there. On your left. Sierra Birch steps out from the shadows as does Steve Martin with the big nose. I'd like to interest you in the Serrano Initiative. Yeah. No Way Home or like Serrano de Bergerac, am I right? It's all the Serranos throughout history. Peter Dinklage. Millie Bobby Brown. They're all there. They're all there, folks. So, yes, yeah, so this is... A, <laughs> I think we've talked about as much about Serrano as we have the actual movie today. So, oh, go... Go uh, watch Serrano! Go watch Serrano, folks. So, that's about it for now. Um, I've got a $10 gift card to AMC. I might go see <laughs> Serrano again tonight. <laughs> oh, so, uh... Alright, so, folks, uh, that's about it for the episode. Next time on our cast. Oh, dang. Okay. What are we watching next time? So, no, why don't you take away? What is going to be our next episode? Our next episode is. uh, We are. Because we're trying to see all the highs, all the the, uh, Showas before we watch Destroy All Monsters, Mm -hmm. we have been waiting. On King Kong for a while. And we're gonna watch the original King Kong uh, next week. And with my... With special guest, who you will not know the name of. I don't know why we've been hyping it so much. <laughs> but we're gonna have a special guest. To- it's been a while. Yeah, my, been yeah a while we have had, had a while since... Yeah, so my friend Sophie, she knows a lot about film. Very smart. She's gonna be on our King Kong episode. Uh, see you next time, baby! <laughs> see you then.